0: Let me introduce you to inspiring entrepreneurs. Hi there. My name is Ben Gothard. My mission is to interview incredible entrepreneurs who are changing the world and present their stories to you, unscripted and unedited. From billionaires to Forbes 30 under 30 recipients to New York Times bestselling authors and much, much more. These people are living proof that nothing is impossible. Join me on this journey to learn from their experiences, and become the person you're meant to be. Welcome to the Project Egg Show, every morning at 8 a.m. Central. 5, 4, 3... Two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Project Egg Show. Today, we have the honor of speaking with Ian Hart. Ian has been in sports and fitness his entire life. He has worked professionally in the health and fitness industry for more than 13 years as the creator and owner of EarthFit Training Systems, which is designed to transform people to optimal health and fitness in the safest, fastest, and most effective way. He is also the creator of Back Pain Relief for Life, an internationally successful back pain relief program, which has been sold in over 100 countries. He's the owner of a treehouse in a world-famous treehouse community called Finca Bella Vista, where he hosts Transformational Wim Hof Method Retreats. He is currently working on a book called Healing Hackers, which is all about healing hacks, recovering fast, and performance max. Coming out at the end of 2019, with the foreword written by Wim Hof, he has been featured in Men's Health Magazine, Self Magazine, OK Magazine, Fox Morning Show, and NY1 News as a guest fitness expert. In addition, there are so many other things that Ian has done that I couldn't possibly cover in this brief introduction. So without any further ado, please help me welcome Ian Hart. How are you doing today, man?
1: Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. It is such an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much for carving out the time.
1: Yeah, no problem.
0: Let's, Let's jump right in. What is your story?
1: Uh, phew, I don't even know where to start, but um, yeah, man, I, I started my entrepreneurial career when I was about 10 years old, so um, I uh, had a lawnmower, and that's how it started. Lawn mowing, um, snow shoveling, all that stuff, and uh, again, I was always active, I was always in sports, always in fitness, and um, I did what everybody told me to do, which was go to college, get the degree in business, blah, 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 blah. And I did all that. And, um, my soul was aching. And so, um, I was in a corporate job and I was like, this isn't for me. Like I sitting at a desk, you know, I was in like business, you know, finance accounting. And, uh, I was just like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. So I actually applied for OCS. I went to officers training through the Marine Corps, but, um, I declined my commission. And when I came out, I was like, you know what? I'm not going back to, I'm not, I'll, I'll never go back to a desk job. And so uh, someone was like, Hey, you should be a personal trainer. And I was like, I'm already into health and fitness. I'd already been training myself. So um, I went in and it just boom clicked. It was like, you know, when you just know that that's meant for you and automatically uh, I became one of the, the fastest, uh, like number one trainer, in the company which was the equinox um and at the time that was like the training um, place and this was nationwide nationwide and so um so i kept doing that and then i was promoted to fitness manager so i began to hire train trainers educate trainers fire trainers all that good stuff um and then just kept kind of moving up but in the back of my mind, I knew that I wanted to open up my own place. I knew that I wanted to have my own business. And so, um, after a few years, I, um, I decided that's it. And I was in New York city at the time and I was running training departments in like crunch and equinox. And, uh, I knew if I was going to open up a training facility there, I would need massive capital. And so I ended up opening up a place in South Carolina and, um, ever since then, it's been nothing but growth. So we've opened up uh, three locations. Um, We keep expanding and getting bigger and bigger. And so that, in a nutshell, is just a small snippet of my story. Um, Just on the entrepreneurial side, um, through that process, I've had health challenges. And that has led me to really what my calling is, is like, helping people heal. And most trainers start out that way. Most trainers are healers um, because they want to help people get in shape and get fit and healthy. And, um, so through 10 years of like healing myself, I've, I've tried and experimented with some crazy stuff. And, uh, that's, what's going into the book now that I'm creating. So it's like, um, now I'm just sharing it with the world and kind of getting it out there off my chest. And um, because when I speak to people, uh, I meet tons of people. All nowadays, there's so many people who have health issues, right? Autoimmune issues, whatever it might be. And um, I get into a conversation. I see people's like ears perk up and they're like listening and asking questions. And and I realize that I discount how much I know because to me, it's just natural to know all this stuff like i just been doing it for so long and um i just think other people know it and what i realized is like i have a lot of value to offer in that area and so with train, just knowing the body training all that stuff um that's what i do now is i help people come out of that kind of darkness and uh through through exercise through training and then help people just getting fit healthy optimal through the tree houses, earth fit training, and then did the healing as well. So that's, that's like a, I guess, small part, narrowed down story.
0: So how did you go from starting off as a, as a physical trainer or as a personal trainer and yeah. it clicked and then you became the top trainer like, how did you know that it clicked, and how did you how did you make that leap in such a short amount of time?
1: Uh, I think it was natural for me because I had a business background and a business mindset already, um, which not many trainers have. Um, and I had just experience in business, and maybe because my dad runs his own company, um, and it was like kind of in the fa- I guess maybe in the family, like my grandfather. Um, started his own company at 65 years old. You know, my grandfather came from Hell's Kitchen, New York City, like the core in a poor neighborhood and worked his way up and um, basically had the American dream. And when he got turned 65, he started his own company. Most people are retiring. He started his own company. My dad helped him out. So maybe it was a mix of that, um, just knowing that. But I remember... Um, my manager, when I first started, was saying like, "You made it. You made it look so easy." Um, and maybe it was a combination of coming out of like kind of hardcore military training that I had a mindset and uh, physical, physically and mentally uh, strong. And then the business side. So just like, yeah, just clicked. Like I I built up clients like instantly, and then I also lived at the gym. Some people would tell, like, "Why don't you go home during the day?" And I'd be like, "No, man. Like, this is like, I'm here to stay. I'm, I'm, i have goals, and I'm pushing forward. And that's that's how it was. But with that being said, that's part of what led to my health challenges. And so I just kept pushing myself, training harder, pushing, working, training, pushing, working, and um, eventually, if you don't have a balance, something snaps. So that's that's what happened. Um, yeah
0: what was that tipping point for your health and how did how did that change your perspective
1: uh wow well that's a good question because it changed me completely um i so when i was i was at crunch and i was a training manager for one of the training facilities and um i wrote a program for men's health magazine which was part of um it was part of this thing called the urban athlon like so it was a training program for the Urban Athlon. i was featured in the magazine at as well as had written out the whole programs for it and i was training myself to win the race and so um i was like yeah man i'm, I'm in the magazine i wrote programs like i'm gonna win this race and and uh, I kept training for it, and I was working hard. And eventually, I don't know if I did, like, stair training inside one of the buildings in New York City. And I it had poor circulation, but I ended up, like, having uh, chest congestion. And I got under the weather. I got sick, and I still ran the race while I was sick. That's how, like, crazy I was. I just... Mm-hmm push through it type of thing. Like, I don't care. I'll do it anyways. And, um, which I still finished top 10% while I was sick, but I knew when I was running the race that something was going on because I looked at my heart rate and it was at 204 and i never, my heart rate wouldn't go above 193. If I sprinted like full out for as long as I could, like a mile, it just wouldn't go above that. And, uh, I was like, Whoa, something's going on. And after that, I uh, ended up with like walking pneumonia, I was prescribed medicine for that. And the medicine is really what destroyed me. So I was given like antibiotics that was almost like a dose of chemo, I found out later. And that really, um, I mean, I went from like being the best shape physically and mentally um, to like, like a totally different person. Like I had to kill that person in my mind to move forward because I no longer was that person. I mean, I lost all my muscle. I lost all my energy. I had chronic fatigue. I had neuroinflammation, I had like partially brain damage from it because my brain was swollen for so long. Um, I started having gut issues and like, so on and on and on until I almost died in the hospital. And, um, and that was like the wake up call for me that started me down the path that I'm on today. And so, um, yeah, it, um, I actually ended up in the hospital because nothing I did with, uh, mainstream media or medicine helped me. It actually made me worse and worse and worse. And so I decided to like kind of take my health in my own hands and I tried a detoxing method that, um, was a high dose of vitamin C, but I found out the vitamin C was, was actually corn based GMO. And so my gut was already inflamed, already had issues. Then I did that and it just caused my intestines to twist. And so, uh, so yeah, I almost died in that scenario. And that was like another turning point, which is like, um, i made so many mistakes in the healing process that I can impart that onto other people who are looking for healing and just hopefully help them cut, um, of the stuff out of the way, or even more than that, like, if you want to heal, this is what you need to do, or this is what the benefits are, and this is what you can get to where you need to be way faster than I did it. Um, And it's going to be based, based on like people who don't have money, and some people who do have money. So if someone doesn't have money, like, what's the lowest hanging fruit that you can do right now? And if you do have money, then you can do all the bells and whistles, Like, uh, for example, like hyperbaric oxygen chamber. So, um, these are all the things that I learned across the board or along the way. And, uh, the best part about it is you don't even need to be sick and unhealthy. It's just all these tools can be used to help not only recover from exercises, but actually peak performance as well. Because anything that helps you heal is actually really designed for peak performance and recovery. So that's really what we're talking about. So um, um, for entrepreneurs or people who are starting businesses, like your whole being and mindset should be about how fast can I recover? Because everything, it is a marathon, but there's usually sprints in between the marathon. And so when there's that sprint, you need to know how to recover and how to recharge and get your energy back and then be able to push again. For the next leg and so uh so yeah that's what part of part of what i do and that's part of who, who i am now just because of the journey that i've been on
0: once you refocused and recommitted to the healing side what were some of the biggest like like the biggest advancements that you made in in your own philosophy about how to live.
1: Um. Well, I'm probably a slow learner, but <laughs> I uh, I realized that there is balance. Um. I was telling someone last night that, you know, I had these high aspiration, these really high goals. Uh, I I aimed. I was shooting for the stars. And nowadays, uh, you know, I have kids, and I'm more about, okay, I'd rather teach my kids the right lessons, watch them grow up, than them be without a father, like not there all the time, right? It's always working and working and pushing to get to this level. It's like, um, I realized that we need balance, Right. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs are like, yeah, uh, you know, they don't their kids don't even know them, right? And like, yeah, I have multi-million dollar companies, like that's awesome. But uh, you know, your kids might be suffering, right? And so I don't that's fine for them, and maybe their kids aren't suffering. I don't know. I'm just like giving a scenario. But um for me, it's about connection, balance and the people like family and, and all those things. And I had to, I had to learn that because I moved from where my family was and I just isolated myself and worked and worked and worked and that didn't make me happy. And the goal for me now is happiness. Is like, um, I understand that you can't just be happy. I've gone through like extremely, like, I like to say that I was comfortable being uncomfortable at all times. Like I was always pushing myself out of the comfort zone. And, um, but basically now I'm like, there's a happy medium. Like how far do you push yourself out of the comfort zone? Where do you push yourself to? It's like, okay, now I'm just going to push myself here rather than going so far to extremes. So like, I think the biggest thing is, is finding that balance. And for me, um, some people can get away with it. I couldn't. So it's not, not for everybody, but um, yeah, for me, I need to have that.
0: You mentioned the word connection. Right. And I, I love that word. It's like one of my favorite words. Um, because I really think that connection is a foundational virtue or, or value Um, of humanity and it's it's in it shows up in many many different ways um but I'm interested in learning your philosophy on developing deep meaningful and genuine connection with another human being
1: yeah you know um that's something that I've, I've had challenges with um and that's what to me that's what life is all about actually right so for me connection comes down to spirituality and uh, if i'm disconnected from myself then i'm going to be disconnected from everybody else and so uh there's a saying to thy own self be true right and so if I'm true to myself and I'm fully connected in my true being, then I'll have no problem connecting with other like anybody else. And, um, and hopefully what I'm saying, the words that I'm saying are actually pouring out from my soul. Right. And that, what, that is what connection is like, what is my soul calling? My, my soul calling is uh, freedom and inspiration. And so like, if I'm living in my own freedom, um, I'm probably going to connect with other people that are on that, same wavelength or frequency and so um, yeah to me um, we're put on this earth to connect and we're all made of the same stuff we are all connected so to deny connection is to deny ourselves and so that's why when people say like judgment is bad because when you're judging you're actually projecting you're just like mirroring yourself and so you're you're actually cutting yourself off From something else. And so uh, for me, I have to practice on those things all the time, right? I find myself in judgment all the time. Um, But yeah, um, it's something I have to work on because as an entrepreneur, you know, a lot of times you think money, 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 gotta make money, gotta make money. uh, And then you lose sight of the connection, which is actually what makes you the money. And so every time you start disconnecting from that that's when things go crazy so and uh for me that comes down to spirituality which is like i have to focus on certain things that is feeding my soul and if i'm not doing those things then uh i can fall off or disconnect let's say
0: There's so many doors here that that I want to open and and explore. Um, And and I really want to dive into the spirituality aspect of it. But before we we go into there, um, I love what you said about how you have to be connected with yourself before you can connect with other people. Um, And I'm really interested in understanding how you truly connect with yourself at your core. Because what I believe is that we do have who we are at our core. But, but we're also made up of layers because there's a lot of external influences that we then bring in innately. And then there's confusion like, okay, what's the external influences? What's at our core? How are those working together? And then we're constantly moving forward. So there are always new things that are being introduced to that ecosystem. Yeah. So it's like, how do you dig through all that? How do you really figure out like, who am I?
1: Oh man, that's, that's a tough question. Well, uh, for one, uh, for me, I had to remove myself from any destructive, uh, behaviors, self-destructive, cause that's disconnecting. And so for me, uh, removing alcohol was a big point for me because there are certain substances that actually disconnect us from ourselves. Alcohol is probably the biggest one right? Some people can handle it more than others. Some can't. So for me, I couldn't. So I had to remove that from my life because it was a disconnector. And um, when you, for me, I was drinking a lot of alcohol to disconnect. And so when I removed the alcohol, now all of a sudden I had feelings like, oh, how do I deal with these feelings? And so then I had to take steps to deal with the feelings. And because I was like stuffing them down and pushing them down, And so, um, you know, journaling, exercising, um, and then finding other like-minded people that you can connect with who are maybe going through the same struggle, uh, is a great way to do it. Um, and then on the flip side of that, which is interesting is there are drugs. If you want to call them drugs, they're basically plant medicine. Um, in my opinion, that can actually connect you, reconnect you back with yourself. And so, um, That's one of the things I speak about in the book. Now, I would say people don't need that at all. You can find it from other sources. But if someone is very sick, um, who maybe needs like cleansing, um, it can be a a, a huge uh, reconnector. And um, but like I said, if someone all someone has to do is soul searching work. right. And figure out what inspires them. Um, what are the words? Like you said, connection. Like, so for me, when you said, uh, that's one of my favorite words, like that's probably one of your core values. Maybe that's like something that's inspired through your soul. And that's probably why you're doing this right here, right? You're connecting with people on a deeper level. I don't know. I'm just kind of saying those things, but anyways, um, yeah, when you speak from the soul level, um, from every core of your being um, other people feel it and you can feel it and the way to get there is just by getting rid of all the beliefs that aren't yours uh like you said we through the age of one to seven we're programmed like we hear our parents chattering about money we hear them talk about whatever uh whatever it could be and we're now programmed with these beliefs. And that belief system is not necessarily who we are, a core being. And a lot of people have a hard time with that. And Essentially, um, this is the way I see it. We're born. We have an ego that's formed. It's supposed to be a healthy ego to keep us alive. We have experiences that happen that create views. Those views are then uh, reinforced if we find evidence for them. And those views create a belief system and that belief system then uh actually creates our words thoughts feelings and actions and that creates our reality and that reality is uh where we are today and so what we can say is hey uh, i don't like this reality (laughs) and actually i'm fully responsible for this reality okay my parents didn't maybe didn't do the best that they could but now I'm conscious of the fact that I can change my story and I can change whatever it is because it's all a story, right? It's all perception. We'd be like, oh yeah, what happened to you? Oh yeah, my parents did this and that and the other thing. It's like, well, that's your perception. And if you wanted to, you could just flip that story around and say, yeah, my parents did the best they could with what they had. And I'm grateful to be here that they gave birth to me because now I get to experience all these opportunities. So we're all just making up stories, Right. And um, once we take responsibility for it and realize that our thoughts, words, actions, and feelings are creating our reality, then we can start to change them and we can start to strip away like, okay, where's the seed from that thought? And why do I have that thought? And then you start to realize that that thought is not the original thought you were supposed to have. Right. And uh, there's a great book called conversations with God, where he talks about um, people think that that is the original sin. The original sin is that you're, you know, you shouldn't be taking action based on fear and anger and all that stuff. Right. You should actually be taking action based on inspiration and love and connection. Right. And then when you do that, all of a sudden things open up. And when you do it based on fear, you literally your physiology, your cells contract. So everything contracts and that's nothing can pass through the cells or go out. No energy goes in. That's the beginning of dis-ease and discomfort. And so, um, those stories, when you see, um, the story is creating the disease. And so, uh, I know my story, what created my disease, and I'm able to trace it back to certain thoughts, words, all those things. And, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome when you peel back the layers and you realize that you're responsible. And, uh, once your true self comes out, that's when you kind of start to see the flow, you know, people talk about flow and momentum and, uh, um, and so, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know if I answered that question, but
0: not only did you answer it but you went way past it which I love. <laughs> and, yeah. and I thought that was awesome and by the way you were spot on. I think one of the reasons why I do love you know having conversations like these is because it's because of the connection. And not just between you and I but between us and the people who are who are listening and watching. I mean, there's there's energy there. Maybe energy is not the right word, but there's something there. And it's yeah. it's it's awesome. And and it's very tangible. It's very, very tangible. You can feel it. And and it's amazing to me how you know you've been through so much and you've had so many experiences and you've done so many incredible things. And when you're able to share that, and somebody can listen to that somebody could take action on that and somebody can can experience a positive change in their life from one word that you said that to me is incredible that to me is magical and that is why I do this show that is why I do this show
1: that's the same for me you know like I'm writing this book and I don't care how much money I make about like I I don't even think the, book is going to make money to be honest like i'm doing it because i know there's people out there that were suffering like i was who don't have a clue what to do and actually not only do they have a clue what to do they're actually making themselves way way worse and feeding the disease and so i'm like that's the connection for me is like i i have to share this i can't be telling one person at a time like Mm -hmm. oh here's what you need to do here's the book and then other people can pick it up and that's the connection that That's my goal with it. And uh, yeah, it's all about paying it forward, right? We're all connected. My disease is actually someone else's disease. And so we all suffer together, really. And uh, so the higher we can raise the healing, everybody benefits from it. That's the way I see it.
0: I agree completely. I agree completely because we not only that, but we all share the same planet. We're all... We're all here together. <laughs> it's like like you're not going to wake up and there's just going to be a different human race tomorrow like, like this is what we have. Like we we yes, I I agree with you. I yeah. agree with you completely.
1: This way, uh, and this is this is pretty cool. The earth is a, if if you think of the earth as a cell, right? We're actually like you right there sitting there, you look in the mirror, you see yourself, you're 50 trillion cells and they're little yous, and they're all doing the same thing that you're doing. It has a, uh, a nervous system, it has an excretory system. It has a, a elimination system. It has. And so that's the little you and we, we're all connected through those things. Right? So the earth is here. It's like a big cell. We're little cells on top of that. And we're all doing the same thing over and over again. And we're all connected through a network and through that energy. And so um, it's all about what you're putting out there, what you're going to get back. And so, yeah, man, it's pretty awesome.
0: That is awesome. And I love how you have been extremely successful in your life. I mean, you have been there, you have done it, you have walked the walk and, and we're talking about this and we're, and we're having this conversation and like, it is very, very real. Like this is the reality. At least I feel like it's, it's my reality of, you know, what we're talking about, but like that, that to me is so incredible is that, you know, you've, you've, you've been there, you've done it and you're sharing, you're sharing the things that, that have worked for you and, and your discoveries and your thought processes.
1: Yeah, and the truth be told, I wanted to quit like hundreds of times over the last 10 years. But you hear that a lot from everybody. You know, like speaking about doing this like on a a recording, um, someone that I wouldn't say some people, this guy's repulsive to them. But I I remember listening to Howard Stern ever since I I was a little kid. And... uh, I remember him being on the radio saying how he's going to quit every day <laughs> for years and how he hated it. And he's going to like, uh, and it's funny because I, I listened to him in the, from the beginning, not the very beginning. Cause he started by kind of when I was born, but like now he's on serious radio and he's like a mega star. And so it's only the people that don't quit that move forward. All right. And so that's what I've learned. And I've, I, I, when that bell goes off, like sometimes I get the case of like the fuck it's, which is like, fuck this, I'm done. Like, I can't do this anymore. And I just have to, like, all right, uh, just chill out, take your time, reevaluate it, and then just keep pushing forward. And then all of a sudden you just see like little breakthroughs, little breakthroughs. And then, um, yeah, because there's in the fitness industry, you'd be surprised. there's not many people that are around for 10 years. Uh, I mean, people open up fitness facilities two years later than done three years later. I mean, there's very few people that I know that have been around because it's a challenging thing that have been that successful for that long. And um, it does uh, to anybody who's in the fitness business knows that they are some of the hardest working um, people out there. I mean, the amount of energy and time, that goes into um, helping people stay fit and waking up 4 a.m. being here until 7, 8, 9, 10 p.m. sometimes. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a awesome. It's a privilege to do, uh, but especially fitness people have to learn to recharge their batteries. Right.
0: So let's go into the spirituality side of it. And I, and I feel it's an that it's a nice time to segue because you're talking about recharging, yeah. And I and I feel like those are two uh, not not unrelated concepts. But can you talk about your philosophy of of spirituality and and what that really means to you and looks like to you? Uh,
1: yeah, sure. So <laughs> I was brought up um, Catholic, right? So. Um, I call myself a recovering Catholic now <laughs> because uh, I it just didn't connect with me. Like I was forced to go to, to you know CCD and um, church on Sundays. And I remember I'm, I remember going to church like I had to be forced. It was always a fight every Sunday. Yes, we're going to church. You got to go to church. And then um, I just remembered saying, okay, I'm going to go to church and I'm actually going to listen to what they're saying. And so I went to church and I'm listening and I'm like looking around and I'm like, and this is for me, this is not to offend anybody or like, uh, if religion works for people, that's awesome. And if you can get spirituality through it, that's awesome. Um, and I still follow uh, religious leaders or people that are religious leaders. And, um, but I remember looking around and I was like, I'm 13 years old. And I'm like, people, believe this bullshit and i'm like and they're all like prominent people in our town and i'm like looking around i'm like am i crazy or like what is there something this is what i thought is there something wrong with me that this is like what we're doing like and so um that was my relationship with god kind of it was like so there was no spirituality for me and even you know my father like i said my my grandfather uh he grew up in a rough neighborhood Irish Catholic, Hell's Kitchen, New York City. Um, he went to church every Sunday. I don't think he even believed in God. Because <laughs> like, I remember my dad told me um, one time he said, uh, this kid had SIDS that lived down the street from us. And uh, my the only time I think my grandfather talked about it, he said, if there was a God, why would he let something like that happen? And so that was the only thing. Um, that my father had heard his father say. And um, so for me, I didn't have that connection. But when I became 20 years old and I started kind of uh, reading self-help books and kind of trying to, I was lost, trying to figure things out. And it was around that time I stopped drinking. And so um, when I stopped drinking, I started to reconnect with myself and I started to connect with whatever you want to call it, the spiritual side And um, when you really connect with yourself, I think uh, you are connecting with the spirit, right? Because we're, we're not just this flesh. We are, and this is proven through science. Um, Anybody who's listened to Bruce Lipton can listen to him about epigenetics and how he was a scientist and didn't believe in anything spiritual. And then until he was watching the cells and going through the cells all of a sudden in one minute he became spiritual because he realized that there's a broadcast that is coming down into our body and it's actually charging ourselves. Right. And we have free access to this all the time, whatever you want to call it, God, higher power, uh, the the science now calls it the unified field, right? So scientists are using that term unified field. Um, but if you look at some, somebody like Tesla, uh, he was talking about this all the time. If you want to know the secrets of the universe, think energy, frequency. And so that's what we're doing is we're just thinking in terms of energy and frequency. And that is uh, the spirit around us. And so uh, for me, meditation helps me recharge, right, um, prayer I do all that stuff for my spirit. Um, and if I do things like gratitude lists in the morning, which I've been doing for about 15 years now, um, there's actually science and research that shows doing gratitude lists are uh, directly related to a um, happier, healthier being because uh, you're living in a higher mindset, higher state of being, and uh, that's expansion and connection, right? And I don't know if you know David Hawkins' work or anybody listening to David, David Hawkins. He has awesome um, map. It's called male, the, the Map of the Scale of Consciousness. And he was like a medical doctor, a psychoanalyst, psychotherapist. He had like three degrees, and he studied this stuff for 30 years. And basically, what he said, um, he had zero to a thousand was a map of the scale of consciousness. Anything below two hundred was destructive to your life, to your being. Everything above two hundred was um, allowing your body to grow. It was it was uh, conducive to life. And so, um, and then he had every every level. He had like an emotion that was connected with it. And so, uh, for me. Without denying negative feelings, I try to check myself and see, like, where am I at today? And if I'm living in fear, if I'm living in anger, if I'm living in jealousy, if I'm living in guilt and shame, guilt and shame are actually the lowest form. And I bring it back to Catholicism. Um, it's guilt and shame. The whole the whole basis of, like, the religion, for me, in my experience anyways, is, like, you know, guilting, shame kind of feelings. It's like... Uh, and there are good sides to it, but there, there is that aspect. Oh, and the other thing I want to say about the religion is I started my business. This is kind of funny. I started my business and I came to a wedding or something back in that church that I grew up in and all of the same rituals and everything like hit me. I was like, whoa, I remember this. And uh, I, at the same time, I was trying to figure out how I could franchise my business and like what to do and how you franchise and all that stuff. And I'm sitting there in the church and I'm like, this is a fucking franchise. Like, this is like the guy sits up there and he says the same thing over and over and over again. He's been doing it for 20 years since I've been gone. And then we just give the money and then that's it. And, um, you know, and again, I don't want to offend anybody by saying this stuff because this is my experience of it. But, um, but that's, that was the thought that I had when I was there. And the point I'm trying to make is that I didn't need any of that, right? I can get spirituality in the woods, right? And I do. And actually my connection with nature is my spirituality because we're all coming from nature. And that's why I teach the Wim Hof method. That's why I built a tree house in the Costa Rican jungle, because when I'm in solitude is when I'm more connected with myself. And when I can hear my thoughts, And I'm not affected by all the other frequencies, which are like electromagnetic frequencies and other people's energy is literally affecting you. When you're surrounded by trees and you're surrounded by the the noises and natural frequencies, um, it has a massive impact on people's being right away. And we've seen, you know, people just transform in three or four days just by changing their environment without even doing any of like the mindset stuff and all that stuff. And so, um, yeah, for me, spending time in nature, um, and that's, for me, spirit, uh, connection with spirit and uh, living in gratitude um, and trying to elevate my mindset and my consciousness and try to keep all those, um, I don't want to say negative emotions because everybody's going to get angry. It's just like how you handle it, how you deal with it, and um, letting go. And so, yeah, I think I expanded on that too.
0: <laughs> That's really interesting that you talk about nature and that being a place of 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 solace and a place of peace for you. Um, last year in twenty eighteen. Uh, I actually traveled to Colorado. I'm I'm in New Orleans, but I I traveled out to Colorado and I went to Colorado Springs and there's this mountain there, Pikes Peak. And it's like a 14,000 foot mountain. It's like 13, uh, 13 miles one way. And it took me like nine and a half hours to get to the top, right? But on that journey up that mountain, just pouring sweat, had the thing, uh, like the the water thing, or like I'm looking for streams to <laughs> to get some clean water. Yeah, fill it back up, have some uh some beef jerky, and you know what, whatever. Um, but it was such a peaceful and and just amazing experience. Yeah. And all the worry just just escapes it just it just goes away and that to me is a beautiful form of meditation Mm -hmm. that is just profoundly good for the being
1: oh yeah and we uh i think we've that's why i think people resonate with the wim hof method and, and things like that because you're reigniting the Inner Fire, and that's the name of his company is Inner Fire. But we were exposed to all these elements all the time. We had to overcome these things, like how do we find water? Um, And these are instinctual and innate connections within ourselves, right? So our body is actually supposed to warm itself up from the inside. We've shut down that system. And now when people go out in the cold, like, oh, my God, I can't take the cold. But when you do an ice bath, for example, I mean, the end, the benefits are numerous and endless, but one of it is igniting that natural inner, uh, fire that, um, you can't do any other way. And, um, when you're exposed to those things, you are forced to connect with yourself. Right. And so an ice pack is like a metaphor for that is like, there's nowhere to run. You're there in the ice. And now you have to deal with the shit that comes up, the emotions and it's like eh, um, there's no you, – your body's in fight or flight. All these emotions are coming up, and now you have to, like, deal with it. And um, what we do nowadays is we numb out. We numb everything out. And, um, and when we numb out, that's what leads to a lot of issues, health issues, uh, mental issues. Um, not to mention it's not healthy. Like I was in New York City. Talk about disconnect. I grew up outside of New York city, I was always playing in the woods and I loved the woods. I moved into the city and um, I mean, you got the most people in the world and everyone's disconnected, right? No one smiles at each other. Like just walking in the concrete jungle and just like walking by and like, um, and really my soul was aching because I was in the concrete jungle. I was not connected with um, really anything. And then now when I go to nature, it's like, yeah, this is where, I feel connected. This is where I feel my best. And the truth is, if you, if you shun nature, again, you're shunning yourself because we came from nature. Like we are a part of nature and we try to remove ourselves from it. Right. And that's not possible. So, uh, and this is proven through science. You spend time in nature, cortisol levels go down, blood pressure goes down right? These are our natural, that's what's called homeostasis. Our body is brought back down. We are regulating our hormones. We're regulating our stress hormones. Like, uh, I mean, you can't put a number on that, right? So it just automatically your body is going back to a healing state, back to its own natural state just by spending time in nature. So for me, not it's, not only health, but spiritual. It has all those other benefits to it.
0: You know, I'm I'm actually Jewish, and I grew up in a very Jewish household, and I yeah. love Judaism. Yeah, I, I I believe it's it's more than it's it's more than a religion. It's a it's a culture. It's a way right. of life. Yeah. Um. And so you know, I've I've actually thought a lot about. You know my my belief in God, and um, you know I I I think I don't really believe in like an you know an all powerful human like figure you know sitting on a throne just like barking I that, I don't I don't believe in that, um, but where I find I'm most in touch with my spirituality in addition to things like nature are interestingly enough you know when I when I journal. And, and when I create and when I write and um, I haven't done as much as, as I need to in, in the meditation space, but I did have an interesting experience that I'd like to share with you. And I'd really like to get your opinion on yeah, sure. on, on what actually happened because I'm not sure. Um, so, you know, I, I live in New Orleans and, and right, right on the levee and in my backyard, there's a lot of trees, there's a lot of nature. Um, well, there's there's this little swing um, It's like this wooden swing. And so I like to go sit there and I like to close my eyes. And I don't know why I did this, but I sat, I was sitting there one day. It was very peaceful. I was all by myself. Um, and I closed my eyes and I projected um, positivity and and my love and my consciousness forward. Just straight, like straight forward in a line. I don't know why, but it's just straightforward in a line. And I, and I thought, okay, I'm gonna push this as far out as I possibly can through the house, yeah. down the street, through the city, like way, 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 way past like into space and beyond just as far as possible. Yeah. And then I want to move that I want to move that up and down until it's like a full, you know, fully in that direction. Yeah. And, and, and I really just tried to focus on on giving that, uh, consciousness and positivity and love those were the three words that i that kept coming and so then very slowly and it, and and i and i would get distracted then i'd come back to it but so I, very slowly i made like a 360 circle around myself and i tried to put it all out there and then i tried to i tried to empty my body right i like i gave i gave everything that i that i could then I tried to empty my body and get rid of the, the fear and the negativity and the, the toxins, and it it felt really good. It felt it felt very good. And and then afterwards, I tried to I tried to breathe back in and invite back in the goodness that I had tried to put out. Okay, and after I had done that, I was in this like very calm, very peaceful state. And for whatever reason, I felt like I. I felt like there was this space between my mind and my body. And there was a, it was a very tiny space, but I felt like I could, and I'm not exactly sure what the I was here, but I felt like I could go through that space and I popped out on the other side. And then I was like, okay, well, where am I now? And I, and I, and I started to explore. And what I realized was that that place that I was was an ever expansive, Space. It was everything, and my mind and my body. Those were the enclosed spaces. Yeah. And I felt this rush of happiness and energy because I knew in that moment that everything, all the energy, was connected. And I felt like a conduit that that energy could flow through. And I knew that I could, I could channel that and do anything that I wanted. In my life, nope. and I have no idea what to make of that. <laughs> but it was awesome.
1: <laughs> the first question I have for you is: Where did you learn that? Did someone teach you that?
0: No, that it just seemed like the right thing to do at the time.
1: That's what I'm talking about being connected because what you just described—not exactly the way you do it, but yeah, almost, almost exactly. I actually take people through that experience that you just described right and what you're what it's doing is uh you're going out into the ethereal like you're going out into the universe we are not can we're not uh just in this being we can travel wherever we want any point in time and uh there's other dimensions and uh, when you do that, you're actually connecting to your higher self or whatever you want to call it, the unified field or God or whatever it is that you want to call it. And um, usually in that point in time is when truth hits the person, right? There's, you stripped away all the layers and now you're in your subconscious true being and you start to receive messages And that's really, um, to me, what spirituality is, that to me is uh, we all have this. Everybody can do that at any point in time, right? So we're all connected. We're all connected to the same thing. We're all connected at any point in time. Some people deny it. Other people tap into it. And so what you did there is you tapped into uh, the connection um, of free energy free connection and you just downloaded information and energy from whatever you want to call it the cosmos and the universe and um that's part of what meditation is so great i mean they know through science that you can meditate for 20 minutes and do what you just did and you're going to download these energy and you're going to actually the telomeres in your cells which are the ones that determine the lifespan uh Will grow longer, right? When you're in gratitude, your telomeres actually grow longer. So you'll all of a sudden, you're literally charging the body like it's a battery. And people don't get this, right? This is what Tesla like tried to tell people. Um, And interestingly enough, no one knows who Tesla is. Like we're not taught anything about Tesla. Um, By the way, I have a That's a Tesla coil right there. Um, Right in the background.
0: That's um, amazing.
1: Yeah. So that's a pulsed electromagnetic frequency. And so that is kind of simulating, like it can simulate the energy that you go out into the nature and that nature gives you this energy. Right. Uh, so recharging your cells, when you put your feet on the ground, um, it's electron donations to you like antioxidants. So when you're doing that, you're actually doing kind of a similar thing. You're just like, uh, taking this free energy from the universe and charging up your body, charging up your cells. So when you do meditation, you can do it 20 minutes. You'll get more recharged than a full night of sleep. So most people don't know that, but when you do real meditation, you go into that field, uh, you're recharging the body. You're recharging the cells. You're recharging, uh, everything. So, um, The gap between, I'm not sure that's like probably your your interpretation of what happened. I'm sure it's probably very hard to put into words. Yeah. Like there's a lot of experiences I have. I I don't even know how to put it into words. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that that's like traveling to another dimension or coming back with more information from other realms. Like you can become a different person. And I know people that have had near death experiences and they come back and they're, they are a different person. Like they downloaded whatever it was and um, they're saying words that they didn't even know they knew, right? And it's coming from that whatever, other world, other realm. Um, so yeah, you can time travel, you can space travel through doing these, these things. Um, so pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome that you did that on your own by yourself, uh, not knowing, like, you just innately did that. That's that's amazing.
0: So how, like, what do I do next? Do I just keep, keep exploring that and keep seeing, like, how much more I can connect with that?
1: Yeah, I mean, you can, um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's, you can play with it. Like, when I do, when I take people through guided meditations, I play with uh, the energy systems in the body, the chakras, the uh, the light that we are connected with each chakra. And, you know, um, you can picture yourself filling up with liquid golden light from the higher realms, right? Just like your whole body filling up with the golden light and then that light expanding out into the universe. And you can like picture it going out in it from, you know, uh, where New Orleans, United States out into the universe. And you'll be in a meditative, hypnotic state um, and connected with your higher self. And then you can start to explore, you know, like, uh, hey, show me what I should be learning or whatever. Uh, show me healing or show me a strength, or show me freedom, or maybe you want to connect with um, somebody else across the world, right? Or maybe you want to send love to your mother or whatever, right? You can do that. And what happens is you are literally sending energy to that person. And it's physics. It's just you're sending energy and that's going out into the world. And so the more you love, loved, you're more expanded. You are the more it's going to come back to you in some form or another. And that's, you know, the psychic energy when people say like, Oh yeah, I was thinking of you. It's like, yeah, you were in you, you know, I thought of you. And then the phone rang. It's like, that's the same thing is you're, we're psychic. We're all psychics. We're all connected to this. Um, it's not like some people are like, yeah, I'm psychic. It's like, No, we all have this ability. It's just some people tap into it. And you're tapping into it when you go into that realm. And that's when people start to do meditation. They actually start to have visions of the future. They start to get downloaded information. Um, And that's why psychedelics, a lot of times people credit psychedelics to their big expansion because they're actually tapping into that through using psychedelics, right? The guy that um, at the end of his deathbed, the guy that, did the double helix or had the Nobel prize for the double helix uh, said he came up with that because of acid. Like he was tripping on acid or something like that. Um, not to say that everybody should go do that. You know, like um, I don't do that. I don't do that, but um, those are tools that actually connect us with that realm. So there's, there's substances that disconnect us and then there are substances that connect us. Right, and so, um, and most of them are coming from plants. Right, there, there's plant medicine, and every plant we have on this earth um, can be utilized in one way or another. Right.
0: So, so I have a question on that.
1: Yeah.
0: First of all, I I, I would like to talk about some of your experiences with with. Um, plant medicine, um, but I, but I also and, and this is this is coming from a place of curiosity because I just don't know. Um, is there a difference in how you reach that place? Like, like if you reach it with with the plant versus if you reach it just. Maybe you get lucky, or or you know, you just happen to, you know, you just you just reach it, but not with that. Is that is it a different result? Is, would-
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I would say first off, I would say anybody doing it. Um, so, no one needs to do any of the plant medicine. All right, I, uh, in my experience, wouldn't. Ha- maybe wouldn't have had the level of healing that I did if I didn't do it. Now in hindsight, like it, it definitely uh, changed things for me. Uh, But I was in a place that was, um, I tried so many different things and so many options and I'd heard profound changes in people's lives and I, it had been calling me. And this is where I talk about spirit. Like, it's hard for people to understand that these plants have spirits. They literally have spirits. And you talk to the shamans down in Peru and they do these diets where they take just the plant for a year sometimes. And they actually connect with the plant and they have build a relationship with these plants. Um, but you can, you can literally feel the spirit of the plant. But you don't, you can get there. Um, and for example, Wim Hof, he, he, I don't think he's ever done psychedelics and um he's mentioned before like oh you can get there without that you don't need that um and which is true for some people um i think with other people if they've been poisoned and toxic for a long time it's a cleansing process and it cleanses out the cells and it decalcifies the body and sometimes there's not another way to do it. Or maybe there's a much harder, longer way to do it. And, and in my opinion, based on where I was, I don't know if there was another way to do it. Um, but um, i trying to think of the question exactly. So I don't know how to phrase it. So yeah, through meditation, you can get all you need. Um, I have gotten a lot of healing from these plants and I've gotten a reconnection with my body that I thought I had lost because my brain was so toxic and um, I had brain damage and stuff like that. So it's like a neural reset. So anybody who maybe is, like suffering with that type of situation, it has to call to them. They have to have done work, a lot of healing work, a lot of spiritual work, in my opinion, before they do something like, for example, ayahuasca. Because if they don't, it can be mind shattering and um, it can be too much for the ego. You know, like some people are like, yeah, man, let's go trip and do it. That's not what it's about. It's about like, it's a, it's a part of the process of healing. And so uh, that's, that's my only recommendation with it is like, you have to be called to it and you have to be prepared for it. And you have to have done work before you go and do it. And most of the people I find that reach that point have done a lot of the work. They've done the, the prerequisites. Um, and so, uh, And usually it's through searching spirituality and doing the meditation and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I don't, I'd like to say you have to again, connect with yourself. If it calls to you and you feel like it's been calling you, then maybe that's something that's good. Um, if you don't need it, it doesn't connect with you. You don't feel called to it. Meditation is all anybody needs breath work and meditation breath work can actually take you deeper into meditation faster. And this is, again, through science. They did studies on Wim Hof that through his breath work, he was accessing parts of the brains for people that uh, would been, had been meditating 10 to 15 years. So you're basically bypassing like 10, 15 years of like hardcore meditation just by doing breath work.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. So he would, Wim would like, the first time I went and trained with him, he's like, You don't need to be in a cave for 10 years. All you have to do is breathe, motherfuckers. Breathe. <laughs> <laughs> and like, that's that's what he'd be saying. So, uh, um, yeah. So it's, it's, these are hacks, like little shortcuts that you can take to get to places uh, faster. And ayahuasca is like one of those things. Breathing is one of those things. I actually did ayahuasca while doing Wim Hof breathing, and that like was, uh, another dimension um i might have been the only person that experimented with that but um so yeah there's all little things that people can do to really enhance healing process recovery um and connection with themselves that's really again what it's all about more you connect with yourself the better you're going to feel the more you're going to connect with other people
0: when you when you were doing the breathing and the I'm not sure the right word, but with with the ayahuasca yeah. and you went to you went to that level, which I think it's amazing, by the way, yeah. that I, I think it's amazing that that you went to that level because it takes a lot of courage. What did you find?
1: Um See, those are one of those things that's hard to put into words. Uh, I would say that I found a profound experience, which was the connection with ayahuasca and oxygen and healing. And when I did the breath work, I, I just, I went into other realms. And it, it, it's it's really hard to explain um, and it's also something that's not recommended. Like I was experimenting. And so uh, because you can go like too far with it, but I was trying to find my limit and I would do the breathing. And what I felt is actually actually control where oxygen went into my body. And so with the Wim Hof breathing, like you'll do a, a round of breathing, a retention, and then I'll take a deep breath in and I'll kind of squeeze oxygen to parts of my body that need it and then I would feel the ayahuasca and the oxygen going to that area and then like cleansing out my parts of my brain that were like feeling odd and weird and so uh, that's how you can direct kind of energy in your own body and that's the next thing that um, I think people are going to get into is this interoceptive connection which is You can literally, like for people watching this, if they start to think of their big toe right now, which probably people would never have, but if you really focus your energy on your big toe, that's like now you're connecting with that part of your body. And like all of a sudden you start to feel weird sensations in your big toe. And it's like, oh, I never felt that before. Right? So that's connection. And that's why for me, Wim Hof is so unbelievable because he's so connected with his body that there was an example in ice bath when he was in there for I don't know an hour and a half or something like that. They had all these electrodes hooked up to him. And this is a story that I heard from someone that's very close to him. And they said, Oh, Wim, your kidneys are like, getting cold, like below the temperature that they need to be Oh, give me five minutes. And then he just sends energy there. And then all of a sudden, like, it's totally fine. Like, that's what he's doing He's so in control with his body and so connected that he uh, he can sit in an ice bath for an hour and 50 minutes, and his core temperature doesn't go down. And so that's what people think, like, oh, that's impossible. Well, it's not impossible. And he does it using his mind. And he uses it going to these meditative states and letting the energy flow. And letting his body heat up from internally. And um, that's a master. And that's what masters are. And masters predict that basically a master has prediction and response, right? It just means they have done something so many times that they can respond better than anybody else in that realm. And that's it. So, I mean, you think about the kung fu movies of the master who's just like dodging fists right and he like oh he says he knows what you're going to do before you know you're going to do it Um, if you can master your own body which is what I believe everybody should do we are living with this body and what we do is we disconnect from it and that's what happens people think like diseases just pop up they don't just pop up It, it comes from disconnection It comes from pushing things away not confronting certain issues that are popping up And when we really connect with our body, um, we begin to heal. And so like just through doing breath work, people release trauma, right? So literally like trauma will be released. Um, I did it with a lady whose husband died nine years ago. And she just released trauma from that nine years later by just doing breath work, right? So um, oxygen is a big connector. Ayahuasca is a big connector and um, that's the benefit of those you're just reconnecting back with your yourself
0: so clearly you've explored this realm a lot yeah and fair share well relative relatively to me you you've you've explored it a lot yeah what don't I know about that? That I should. Like, what? Where? What direction do you feel I should deploy my my energy and my focus and my my studies in that realm, based oh, so. on your experience? Mm-hmm. Uh.
1: So. I would explore the stories that you have, right? The stories, then the belief systems that you do have, right? And see where does this belief come from? Where does this story come from, right? Um, What are the words that I use? What are the feelings that I have? And do inventory, right? Just like a a business, right? It's like, okay, inventory. What are the feelings that I wake up with? What are the feelings that I have throughout the day? What triggers me? What gets me angry? What gets me um, irritable, right? Because most of the time, those are your, your ego is designed to protect you. Your ego was put in place to make you live, right? So if you think about the reptilian brain, um, that's there that, for your survival. And we built other layers of brain on top of it. And those other layers were like, social uh, parts and cognitive parts, and those parts, for example, now prevent you from social death, right? Identity death, right? It's like, uh, you know, I talk about people, you know, if you grew up in like, my family was from New York, so I was brought up on the Yankees, right? It's like, oh, the Yankees, like, that's my identity. And like, the Yankees, like, that means nothing. Right? and your ego gets attached to this. And you see people like fighting over it. Like, this is my team. This is my team. It's like, no, I mean, if you know deep down, like it's in jest and you're just like whatever it doesn't mean, but people like really get serious about stuff. And it's like, that's your ego. You're identifying with something that has nothing to do with who you are. If you were born in Brazil, you wouldn't even know who the Yankees were. Right. Or you wouldn't know who, whatever. It's like, you're now attaching your identity to something and that's not truly who you are who are you at the truest depths of your being and so once you realize that then you start to see like oh the story i'm living is could be maybe consider that it's a a lie or it's bullshit right and that's what people are living in they're living in sometimes bs and they wonder why their life is not manifesting the way they want it to be. And so um, that's one of the places to explore. It's just, a, it's just a, a thing to explore, like maybe clearing anything in the past that um, has caused issues, right? Resentment is one of the biggest things to bring people's energy down, right? So resentment is the number one offender For most people, like holding on to grudges, holding on to, um, you know, the past, right? There is no past, right? So anything that you are holding on to from the past, you're just carrying around emotions that are no longer, like, they're no longer part of your being. You're just carrying them with you because you want to, because your ego says, I can't let go of that. So those are things to explore. And those are things like that everybody needs to work on them all the time. Like it's something that I work on and I still have to work on it every day. And if I don't work on it every day, then I start to fall backwards. And so if I'm not, you know, if I'm not doing that inventory or that cleaning of the house, you know, they say like, if your mind starts to grow weeds, Right, you gotta You gotta, you want to grow a garden, right? And the only way to do that is by clearing the weeds daily, and then you see what fruits you produce. And that's like, it's the analogy of the fruit tree is just like perfect. And so, it's like the roots, if they're filled with anger, remorse, uh, jealousy, all that stuff, the tree is gonna be dead. It's gonna have no fruit to give. And um, if it's filled with love, compassion, giving, service, value, whatever, you're going to start to see the fruits, right? So what you're doing now here is providing some type of value, right? And now you're giving it out to the world through doing this kind of right? So it's going to produce some type of fruit. Now what you do and how you direct it will determine that. Right. But some people don't even think about that. They just give value, 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 value. And then all of a sudden, boom, their life is filled with all this fruit. Right. And then they don't even think about how they got there. It's just that it. other people like through entrepreneurial, are like, this is my goal. This is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And then they take step by step. Right. So, um, yeah, when, we can, for me, we can only do that type of stuff, like that visualization when we've cleared all that crap, right, it's very hard to move forward if you're stuck in resentment, fear, um, all that stuff. And, and, and I shouldn't say like fear can, can be like natural, but you're like moving in the face of fear, but being frozen in fear and being uh, manipulated by fear is different, different scenario.
0: We we may have touched on it a little bit, but what is your greatest theory?
1: My greatest theory? Hmm. Shoot, I had a thought. Uh, I, I had a bunch of thoughts about theories, um, and one came up before. Uh, well, I guess in what context? Like just in life?
0: Yeah, in everything.
1: Um. Hmm. my theory that's a good question I mean I don't even I, I really don't know where to start with that <laughs> to be honest I'm trying to think of like what, what my theory was because there was something that I was thinking about that I just like wanted to come out and say, this is my idea, but I can't remember what context that was. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I think that we're put on this earth with a mission. Like our souls are sent here with a mission. And when we're not living that mission, we're in dis-ease and discomfort. And if we try to step outside of that mission uh, that's when we start to see snags and um, resistance. Um, but when we're live, re- we're really living through inspiration, and and this is important because uh, inspiration is a powerful word. People say it all the time, but it means the way back in the day it meant in spirit or inspirare which is to breathe in so meaning that you're connected with your spirit or god or whatever it is and so when people say it was divinely inspired right well if everybody just lived based on divine inspiration can you imagine what the world would be like right i mean we'd just be like exploding with amazing ideas and all this stuff Like the guy, David Hawkins, I was just talking about, about the map of the scale of consciousness, they actually tested that the world lives at about 200, which is like, it's about 207. So it's just above not destructive. (laughs) So imagine if everybody's doing everything that's divinely inspired and the whole world was like elevated at, you know, love and everybody was operating from love. What we would be walking around dealing with.
0: Right? It'd be amazing.
1: Yeah. I mean, everybody's just like happy and like, that's heaven. That's what heaven is. Like just living in that moment is heaven on earth. Right. And so, uh, that's what a lot of the religious teachers, they all say the same thing. They're all teaching the same thing. It's all over and over again. Right. So enlightenment, love, and that's what it comes down to. So, um, Yeah, that's my theory. We have a mission. Um, Our mission is whatever your soul's calling is. It might be, um, you know, for me, it's freedom. Right? Uh, To help people have more freedom. Right? So I help people with back pain relief. I help people get healthy and fit. That provides a lot more freedom in their life. Right? Um, I help my trainers make more money, have more time off. That's more freedom, And so everything I do is aligned with freedom and, and I want more freedom. <laughs> so that's why I like to travel. I like, you know, so that's, that's my whole thing. And, and, uh, and also freedom from the bondage of self, right? So when people are, people are living in ego and they're living in fear. Uh, most people don't realize that they're living in self-centered fear, right? So if you've ever walked into a place like people looking at me or people are going to think I'm like weird or people are think I'm going to uh, like, they're going to think, why am I doing this? And like, that's self-centered fear. It's like, no one cares about you that much. <laughs> it's like, you're not that important. Then I have to, realize, <laughs> right? Like people care about themselves, but when you're outside of that self-centered fear and you're there, about giving and adding value and providing service you're not scared to speak in front of people because you're not thinking about judgment of self you're not thinking about other people judging you you're just speaking from spirit and when someone says something to you because you're in spirit if they say like someone heckles you or whatever for whatever you're doing you don't care it doesn't matter because you're in that moment it's like this is who I am, this is, and that's who we are inspired by. Those are the people that are inspired by, right? So if someone's like, you see someone who uh, is in their realm, in their being, you can't deny it, right? You know, when we talk about social media now, um, videos that go viral, most of the time they go viral is because the people are speaking from inspiration Right, And they're connected with their true self, their true being. They're like downloading the information and they're spitting it out. You can't fake it. You can't fake that stuff at all. And so um, people see it. They connect with it. That is connection. And then they watch it because they're seeing the transformation or they're seeing the spirit live through that person. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome stuff.
0: So, Ian, I want to thank you so much for, coming on the interview today and sharing this time with me. It's been very special and, and I feel very honored to have been able to have this conversation with you. So thank you.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it, man.
0: Just have uh, two more really quick questions, then then we'll wrap it on up. Sure. Uh, is there anything about yourself that you think is an important part of who you are that we did not talk about today? In other words, what did I miss?
1: Uh. I, I don't know I think um, I mean there's so many different facets to myself like one of the things I would say is I don't like being put into a box you know because I move outside of that box all the time right when people say oh he's this or that like even the words like Republican, Democrat, it's like, I don't even see it that way. You know, it's like everybody has their own beliefs and if they're really connected with truth, that's what I'm about and that's it. So truth um, and, and connection with spirit. Um, so I don't know. I think that's maybe just a little piece of me that I didn't speak about.
0: What question should I be asking you, specifically me, asking specifically you, yeah. that I just wouldn't think to ask?
1: Uh, hmm. About business? about life life um I don't know (laughs) maybe uh I don't know maybe what is health or what is healing but I I kind of the thing is is I I went through all that really and I described it um and healing is, is uh, what I just said, I guess, connecting with yourself and getting rid of all the crap that you just described. You imagined, like what you described amazes me because that's literally what I take people through. Like they lay down and then I have them picture a beam of light from the lower back going to the earth and then mother earth with her loving comfort actually absorbs all the negative energy all the struggle away and then the earth sends loving energy back up into the spine and into the whole being and then uh yeah so that doing that just by itself is healing so uh i don't know i can't think of anything else (laughs) You asked a lot of good questions. We talked about
0: a lot of good stuff. Well, thank you very, very much uh, again for coming on the show today. Um, You rock, man. Yeah, man.
1: I appreciate it, man.
0: uh, And to everybody who's listening, watching, uh, I want to thank y'all very, very much for uh, supporting the show and and for sticking with us till the end here. Um, I know your time is very valuable and I'm very honored that you would share it with us. So thank you. I love you and I will see you on the next episode.
1: Much love to you, man. Take care.